0: Good morning and happy Sabbath. I want you to, with your hands, form a triangle. But I, it's really a pyramid. This is going to be our giving pyramid, and today I'm going to start at the top, the tippy tippy top of a triangle or a pyramid. It's the smallest part, and that's the part I'm going to say is the people representing the people who go on missions. Thank you, David and because you go, why do you, I mean, why do you go? Maybe it's your pastor invited you, your youth group leader, or maybe it was God himself that inspired you to go. When you go on a real mission trip, it's wonderful. It is truly wonderful, but they're hard. You're not in your own bathroom. Sometimes you have to bathe from a bucket. The toilets are not much to talk about. Sometimes there's no toilet paper, (laughs) It's tough. The bugs are different, the diseases are different, but we go because God calls us. That's the little tiny tip of the giving pyramid. The second section of the giving pyramid, the bigger section than the top, is, is the giving. It's the giving part. We have many people in this congregation who are givers as far as sponsoring a child to be in school at a Christian school where they don't just learn to read and write, but they learn about Jesus Christ himself. These children will become leaders in India, people who affect the government of India, and they will be the leaders of the church, the Adventist Church of India. It's important that they get an education. You can um, sponsor them. You can talk to Jim here afterwards. We have five children who are needing sponsorship at the little school that we work with, at Nagaram in Andhra Pradesh, India. So if you are interested in sponsoring one of those children or just have general questions or would like to sponsor another child in India, Nepal, or Bangladesh, talk to Jim after the service. We also, what Jim will have is this. It's called Hope in Motion. Asian Aid puts this out. These programs on the different schools, orphanages, and special schools they have in India. So you can get that back there for free too. Now, what's the biggest part of a pyramid? It's the base. The base of giving is built on prayer. Anytime you talk about mission, it has to be built on prayer. And by prayer, I don't mean, God, give me money. God, give me this. God, give me that. That's not really prayer. The way I try to pray, and I have to even struggle with myself, is, God, what is the right direction? You've called me here. What money should I have in my hand to make a difference over there? What is the right person to work with? What is the right project to do? Those are huge questions when you go to any kind of a mission field. And God will let you know if you keep prayer forefront and is the base of anything you do at a mission I've always said, always, always, always said, that when you go on a mission, as a Christian, let me back up here. As a Christian, we have three responsibilities. We have responsibility to our local church congregation. We should be taking care of our brothers and sisters. You've heard me say that many, many times before. Our second obligation is to take care of the community around us, to let them know this great hope that we have within us. And the third thing is a global mission to spread the gospel, as we were told to do by Jesus Christ himself. If you will look at the insert in your bulletin today, I've had probably, I I would say easily, 20 people who have said to me, why are you here? Why aren't you in India yet? Because you know for the past six years, I've gone to India every fall. But I already went to India. I went with Sharon and Trina. I went in January and February. And since I haven't won the lottery, because I don't play the lottery... (laughs) I am not independently wealthy, so I can only go one time a year. And God grants me that privilege of doing it. You know what? Sometimes we sit here in this congregation and we have different financial troubles going through our mind. But let me tell you what. We're the 1%. If you've been to any third world country, even our poor, I comment when we are with the Dion Batistas, when we do the homeless ministry, the poor here have... Uh, Shopping baskets full of things, and we say, Wow, they're poor. But you go to another part of the world, there's no shopping basket. They're wearing what they have, and that's all they have, and they sleep on the sidewalk. We are the 1%. We have the opportunity to do good things, to do the things God has called us to do. Now, take that triangle again, that pyramid, and just look at the person next to you on your right, on your left. Who'd you see? Hopefully, everybody in this congregation saw each other. You can be, and I ask you to be, part of the giving pyramid. That means some can go, many more can give, and everyone in this congregation can pray for God's leading in this endeavor as we care for the school, this little tiny school. And this is a picture on the front These boys live at the school, and where they sleep is on a cement floor. Ever since the school was started, I don't know how these things happen. It doesn't make any sense in my brain. These children have always slept on the cement floor of the school. A Canadian church has paid for the girls' dormitory to be built. We, this congregation, has paid for beds and mattresses. And bedding, we're really pleased about that. So they're up off the floor. Let's get those boys up off the floor. We are partnering with Asian Aid to build the boys' dormitory kitchen complex. And there's more details on the back bulletin board. But we would love you to be part of the giving triangle. If God is calling you, you will hear his voice. So keep your ears open. And now I'd like to introduce our speaker, my friend Jim Rennie. Who's been CEO of Asian Aid USA for the past four and a half years? And I wouldn't have his job for anything in the world. Take Pray it. for him, too. So, thank, you.
1: thank you. Well, good morning. It's a privilege to be here. I am very aware that uh, a lot of you here are very supportive of uh, the work that Asian Aid does. I get a little irritated when I see videos. They say Asian Aid does this and Asian Aid. It's not Asian Aid at all, it's the supporters. It's the people like you that take on a project or sponsor a child. And I know many of you sponsor a child. <clears throat> and I just want to say thank you. Uh, you can tell I'm not, I, we're based in Tennessee at Collegedale. I guess you can tell I'm not from College Dale. I'm a legal immigrant from New Zealand. I married an American lady and the deal was she was come to New Zealand, which she did, but something went wrong and I'm in Tennessee. Um, My background is that I own my own marketing and promotions business uh, for 30 years. And so I did things like uh, run McDonald's Monopoly or uh, promotions and now I find myself in this role. And I guess I didn't have the chance in the first half to say, I took it on as a job. But it isn't a job. And it's the same if you want to do some good, and that's all you want to do is some good. I don't know if you're here to do good. You're here to do good, but your motive and your passion and sharing with others will make the difference. Um... I think most of you understand Asian Aid. We are a truly supportive ministry of the church because over 90% of what we do, we don't have our own schools, hospital, or orphanages. We we place people or fund people or fund these places. So five orphanages, school for the blind, and school for the deaf. So we're a uniquely supportive in ministry because about 90% of our funds go to the church. I think we're uniquely different because we are independent. We do control. It is very frustrating sometimes because we don't control the schools. Uh, and, and it would be fair to say there are some challenges with the church in running these third world country schools. And we, we do have some challenges. But uh, we, are, we consider it a privilege to partner with the church. We're not perfect. They're not perfect but it's no excuse not to partner together. So I want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for sponsoring a child and uh, for what you do. Um, <clears throat> where the school is, Visianagram, uh, it is a very poor area of India. Uh, Visianagram has just been the centre of riots and fighting. Uh, to cut a long political story short, They've decided to split the major Andhra Pradesh area into two states. And for some reason, because some politician lives in vizianagaram vizianagaram has been the centre of huge fighting for the last six or eight weeks. It has calmed down, but they had to move 2,000 extra staff. I think the school was closed for three weeks. So that area has been through a difficult time. No harm against people, no harm against Christians. Just if you're a politician and you didn't vote the right way, maybe we should bring something in like that here. It might get some accountability, I don't know. But if you vote the wrong way in India, they burn your ass down. Um, But if you land at the town of Isaac, we have a slum school there which carries out a very unique uh, ministry. I get very touched going into the slums of India and we're here right in the middle of, uh, we have a school, a slum school, which has about 80 children, where we sponsor. Then you drive uh, an hour or two up to the road where the school use supports so it. It's a very needy school. It has a lot of challenges. And uh, it desperately needs a boys' dormitory and classrooms. And we face some challenges building there, I'll be honest with you. But we will be building the boys' dormitory just can't say when, Um, but I want you to know that Asian Aid has a commitment to that school. So the little start you're going to give it, we will be there beyond when it finishes. We don't go in and build something and leave, we have an ongoing commitment to the school. So I want to tell you that the work you're doing will have an ongoing effect. The unique thing is with child sponsorship, it's ongoing and ongoing. Then up the road further we have the School for the Blind, it's a great place to visit, and then just not far from that, we have the new Sunrise Orphanage. Um, I think it's about time all of you went there. <laughs> Everyone should go to India once. Um, some, it's tough. Others, you fall in love, so I just challenge you to uh, think about uh, But as I said, I'm appreciative, and you are making a difference with those children, What I want to share to you today is uh, from two books, one is The Passion of Jesus by Dwight Nelson and the other is The Desire of Ages and I guess it's tough to take a sermon like this when I know there are so many people here that do so much good with the poor and with sponsorship but we still have an enormous challenge as as people, as families and churches. And you have to be careful that a sermon like this is not seen as works-based, and some will not even want to think about it or participate, but it's something we simply cannot ignore. Works is what you do. Jesus didn't do works. He had passion for people, and that's the difference. How we choose to share with others is a very personal thing. How you spend your money and your time... Everyone's circumstances are different, but the principle of having passion for others is the issue. For some, it'll be a small thing. For some, it'll be a big thing. Neither is wrong. So it's very important that you all can't go to India. You all may not be able to go down and help the homeless, but you all have an, you have an obligation to do something. That's why Christ has put you here. The world in which we live today is littered with the wreckage of human suffering. Anywhere we look we find disease, destruction, death and despair. Such a picture of the world conditions is certainly not appealing, but it is realistic. One result is that thousands of orphans are left, being, are left for society to care for. Add to this the destruction caused by natural disasters and earthquakes, typhoons and hurricanes is is beyond our comprehension. Man-made strife increases the suffering further, the genocide in many countries, not to mention the conflicts made by man. Just in Syria now, there are over 350,000 people living in tents, all man-made. I know here in San Diego, one of the big challenges you face is the homeless. The city ranks third in the nation after New York and Los Angeles, And I know some of you do good work, but in terms of overall homelessness, the population is high. As Christians, how should we respond? What is our obligation as an individual, as a family, corporately or as a church? What obligation do we have to the poor, the sick, the displaced, the disadvantaged and the downtrodden? When I go to Mumbai, I land at at Mumbai Airport and I go to the Holiday Inn because it's night time. And there's a particular corner where we have to stop for the traffic lights, and it's one of those places with the hustle and bustle of India. And she's—I've seen her three times now. This woman comes over, poorly dressed. She's got a baby in her arms, and she knocks on your window. Now, it's terrible. I've got to the point where I don't ride down the window because I get mobbed. It's also painful that there's a high chance that there's a pimp on the corner, not in the prostitution business, but in the business of taking the $5 I would give her. But it's hard. What is my responsibility to her or that child? What is our responsibility to the homeless person on the streets of San Diego? What is our responsibility to the person holding the sign on the street corner or to our neighbour in the house next door? It can be localised. It doesn't have to be in Mumbai. We need to take into account the example of our Lord Jesus. His compassion and his compassion for those at the margins of society. In Matthew 9, 35, 36, we read how Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of his kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and sickness. And seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and downcast, like sheep without a shepherd. The scriptures, Old and New Testament are clear with counsel as to what our response should be to the plight of the poor in our homes, our churches and communities all throughout the world. Is the task staggering? Absolutely. Can we solve all the issues? No. But we can make a start. We can make a difference. Each one of us here can. I like the words of a writer who wrote, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found waiting, wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Let's just stop for a minute and then meet Curtina. Curtina is an orphan in the Elam home. And I had the opportunity, well, I had the privilege. I was there when she got delivered to the home. Have you ever thought about arriving at an orphanage? So you've, you've gone from home to home, and finally the pastors dropping her off at an orphanage. They don't understand. So this is actually filming her wow. arriving. We had to stop filming. She was too upset. We had an obligation to stop. She doesn't want to be here. Where am I? Who's this woman? But suddenly she had a sponsor.
0: She came first, I used to be after her, but now she's after me and after all the kids and she's very playful and she says now she's very happy.
1: And about five weeks ago I met Kurtner and she's doing well at school. And uh, so that's the difference when you sponsor a child. Every morning that child is dependent on you. And the challenge is that when I go to India, because of my role, everybody comes to you with a problem. Everybody comes to you with a need. You'll drive into a school and here will be a man in a white suit holding a folder. He's got a problem with his church, he's got a problem with his school. And wherever you go, the need is overpowering. Uh, The needs, the pastors, the slums, and so it's difficult. Yes, it has been found difficult, but as members of the Christian community, we shall not leave this challenge untried. When the question comes home to your heart, "Whence shall we buy bread and these may eat, let not your answer be the response of unbelief. The means in our position may not seem to be sufficient for the work, but if we will move forward in faith, believing in all in the self-sufficient power of God, abundant resources will open before us. I guess in our position of comfort, some of this is hard to connect with. It's hard for us to step outside our comfort zone, but you have been put here To take a step. Calling the 12 about him, Jesus bade them to go out two by two and through the villages and towns. None set forth, but brother was associated with brother. And there's a huge lesson here that you shouldn't do this on your own. There's nothing better to bond a family together, there's nothing better for you to step outside your comfort zone than to help someone. It may be the neighbour, it may be your community. And another big idea is, as a church, if you say to a workmate, would you come and help me at the feeding centre? Would you come and help me do uh, the homeless? Would you be interested in coming to India with me? If they come with you, you have a bonding that is so unique for you then to talk to them about positive things. So your outreach can not only help those people you're helping, it'll make a difference to you, but it is a way that you can bond as a family, as a church, or with your workmates together. We have a company at the moment that is, has never done this before. They're, they're publicising, they're advertising that they're giving 5% of their sales to a project, and two of their staff members and two of their customers are going to win a trip to India to go on the mission program together. And suddenly the guy told me that his whole, his whole staff and his whole attitude has changed and uh, has made a difference. Let's uh, now meet Nima. Nima is in Nepal. An amazing story of how forgiveness, he saw his parents get killed. Let's uh, meet Nima. My father's friend, he killed uh, all of my parents. It was God's will that I alone uh, could survive there. Revenge is normal. His family expected for him to take revenge.
0: very bright, he supervises everything. We call him junior pastor.
1: (laughs) When I was very small, I used to say, surely I'll take revenge. But when I came here, I got very good lessons here. Uh, I shouldn't take revenge. I want to give him and even others that God could change heart. God can change heart. So that boy's got a message for you that you can help others and change hearts. Listen to this. This is from The Desire of Ages. The love of Christ manifested in the unselfish ministry will be more effective... In reforming the evil doer, than will the sword or the court of justice? These are necessary; they are necessary to strike terror to the lawbreaker. But the loving missionary can do more than this. Often the heart will harden under reproof, but it will melt under the love of Christ. The missionary can not only relieve physical things, but he can lead the sinner to the great physician who can cleanse his soul. From the leprosy of sin. So, your reaching out to people who are struggling can make a big difference than the law can. Through His servants, God designs the sick, the unfortunate, those possessed of evil spirits shall hear His voice through His human agencies. He desires to be a comforter that the world knows not. Preaching can, can be effective, but reaching out is effective. Listen to this. Those whom Christ commends in the judgment day may have known little of theology, but they have cherished his principles. So, just cherishing his principles is very, very important. As you open your door to Christ's needy and suffering ones, you are welcoming unseen angels. You invite the companionship of heavenly beings to the rich. God has given wealth that they may relieve and comfort his suffering children. The Saviour has given his precious life in order to establish a church capable of caring for sorrowful, tempted souls. A company of believers may be poor and uneducated and unknown, and yet in Christ they may do a work in the home, the neighbourhood, the church, and even in the regions beyond whose results are far reaching. Do you hear what he said? People who may be poor, who may be uneducated, and from the unknown. That's not us, we are not poor, we are educated, and we are known, so our strength is huge. As an individual, or a group, or a church like you, you are not poor, and you have the opportunity to reach out. This is from the desire of ages, On the judgment day, the compelling question that Jesus will ask every human being will be, what did you do for the less fortunate than you? When you and I stand before the divine bar of justice, Jesus will not ask us, what did you believe? Instead, he will ask, how did you behave? It's not judgmental. If we can get our behavior to help others... We will be stronger, our families will be stronger, and our church will be stronger. What did you do for the less fortunate of you? The king will thunder. The economically disfranchised and the socially marginalised, the poor and the suffering, I was with them. And what did you do for me in them and for me? Let's meet Usha. In the
0: darkness, we have to live all the life. My name is Usha Komari. At the age of seven years, I lose my sight. I feel so sad.
1: She comes from a very poor village.
0: I want to study like
1: others. Don't neglect me.
0: I want to become a computer teacher. And God has provided this chance and to get education here. I will never think that I am blind because have
1: everything. Instead of uh, seeing everything, we can hear anything and we can learn and we can go anywhere. Choose the passion God has chosen. Is this not the kind of fasting passion I have chosen? God measures passion by compassion. Have you noticed how similar the words are? Compassion for whom? Did you pick up (coughs) how closely Jesus' parable of the sheep and the goat tracks the very same categories of alienated and marginalized human beings that are listed in Isaiah 58? You all have the compassion. Reach out in some small way, and your compassion will grow a step at a time, and your compassion and your relationship with God will grow. It's not about doing something big. It's about reaching out and starting somewhere. From the very beginning of the community of Israel, God, through Moses, championed solidarity with the poor. There are many verses, Proverbs. When you give to the poor, it is like lending to the Lord, and the Lord will pay you back. If you make fun of the poor people, you insult the God who made them. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Jesus was born into poverty. Think about it. Think of his conditions. He was born into poverty. Um, a guy at Andrews University uh regarding community service calls it God's algorithm for limitless blessings. God's algorithm for limitless blessings, and he's right. But you say, I don't see anything here about God blessing me financially. Well, it does. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord. (coughs) If you lend, you get paid back. It is more blessed to give than receive, there are some startling studies that I'll just quickly review, but they took 132 students and, and they'd watched a 50-minute film about Mother Teresa and the sick and dying in Calcutta. And the... It's a big, long word. Some nurse... Immoglobulin, we'll call it IGA, in their saliva is the part of the body's defence against certain vi- viruses. Those students who had seen the film had increases in the measure of their immune system function. Isn't this amazing? Because of the Harvard survey noted that students with the greatest immune system boost were the ones who wanted to go into the service of helping others. A a 10-year study of the physical and health and social activities of 2,700 men in Michigan found that those did regular volunteer work had death rates 2.5 times lower than those who didn't. A Swedish population study of 17,000 randomly selected people <coughs> was studied over six years. One of the significant findings that they weren't looking for is that so- socially isolated people in the study died at a rate four times higher than the- did the people who were socially involved. How many studies would it take for you and me to give serious consideration to God's incredible offer to supernaturally boost our lives or our family lives on every front if we would embrace his unrelenting solidarity with the poor, with every human being in need? If I give all I possess to the poor but have not love, I gain nothing. Paul is right, life is ultimately, is not about a quid pro bargain with God, or with the poor, or with anyone else for that matter. Genuine life and authentic love living flow from the wellsprings of self-sacrificing love. Will there be setbacks when you help the poor or the needy? Yes, yes, and yes. The poor and needy have many problems, and fight many battles greater than ours. Most appreciate it, it makes a difference, but some will just use you. I met a guy who I was telling in the previous service, I didn't tell the full story, but I met a man and he said, oh, you work for a charity, I'm never going to help people. And I said, why? He said, oh, I had an incident on the side of the road. Side of the road, a man holding a sign, penniless, helpless, Feeding 93 children, you know the signs you see. He wound down his window and he gave them $10 and he felt good, I'm helping people. Then he went to Walmart and parked in the car park. Well, his wife did the shopping and of course, what did he see? The man from the street corner going into the bottle store using his $10 to buy his alcohol. Is that an excuse to stop? Is that an excuse that someone has let you down. It's not. It's reality. I have to deal in India, and I would have to tell you, in India and Nepal, it, some of the things that happen make you mad. There are some people that rip you off. There are some people who take tell you money. There are some people who tell you stories. They're church people. But it's no excuse to stop. They're a small minority The devil is so active. The devil knows that if you have a passion to help people, the devil knows that if you give your money, he's going to put things in the way. The devil knows that if you go down to your community to help your brother, he's going to step in the way. So you're going to get hurt. There's going to be pain. But what you achieve and what you do is far above that for you, for yourself, for your family. There' a girl lived a little six-year-old girl who lived next door to Mrs. Brown. Mrs. Brown kept to herself, she wouldn't talk to anyone, she wouldn't engage in conversation, and then the little girl's ball went over the fence one day, landed on the veranda. So the girl went over, and um, Mrs. Smith wasn't nasty or anything, and then the girl saw a lovely goldfish through the window. And she got talking to Mrs. Brown about her goldfish. Then one day Mrs. Brown was going away and uh, the little girl, without saying, who's going to feed your goldfish? Oh, would you feed my goldfish? And so the little girl fed her goldfish. And then a few months later at church, Mrs. Brown came through the door. She came through the door because of the influence of the six-year-old girl in feeding a goldfish. Can you all feed goldfish? You don't all have to go to India. The point is that some little good thing in helping someone else can make a big difference. Just say hello to a neighbour. Ring the city shelter and help with a meal. Plan with a friend. Go to India with Sue. Sponsor a child. The choice is yours. You can do it at the level you want to. Jesus' passion doesn't have a book of rules. Jesus' passion doesn't have a standard that you have to achieve. It's about you as an individual giving what you can as an individual and as a family. Your challenge is help me, Jesus, to show compassion in some simple way and give hope to someone in need. On the street, I saw a small girl, cold, shivering, in a thin dress. With little hope of a decent meal, I became angry and said to God, Why do you permit this? I was really mad. Why does it happen? Why don't you do something about it? I called out to God. For a while, God said nothing. Then that night, he replied quite suddenly, I certainly did something about it, I made you.